do we, uh, do we always know what the Lord wants? Can we always differentiate between what we want and what the Lord wants? Um, I remember when I was in college, so I, my college journey was very all over the place. I graduated from Oral Roberts University, a Christian college in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woohoo! And uh, yeah, Debbie's an alumnus too. Um, and, uh, but I graduated from there, but I was kind of all over the place before I got there because I played college football. So I was at El Camino Junior College, and then I, no, I'm sorry, I was at Rio Hondo Junior College, then El Camino Junior College. Um, that was about wanting to be a, a big fish in a small pond, and then it was about wanting to be a, you know, on a team that was competing for a national title. Then I walked on at the University of Alabama, where my brother was a tight end. Then there was a coaching change, and we transferred back to California, and we were at Cal State Northridge. And then eventually I ended up transferring to ORU. But when I was at Northridge, um, I was definitely living for myself. By that point, it was full on, I'm going to prove to the world that I have worth, and I'm going to prove to the world that I have worth by all these wrong things. By playing football, that'll show that I'm uh, a man and that I have worth. And by brawling and fighting and, and just all the stuff. And, and in my heart of hearts, I knew that wasn't what God wanted, but I was living selfishly. So my little sister, Amy, she had already straight out of high school gone to Or Roberts University. And she's like, Mark, God wants you at ORU. You need to pray and ask, ask him to show you if he wants you at ORU. I'm like, I ain't praying that. They don't got a football team. I ain't praying that. And so that, the conversation went that way. Mark, you need to pray. God wants you here. You need to pray. It's his will that you're here. I'm like, I think I know how to hear God's will a little better for my life than you do for my life. And she was tenacious. And she was like a dripping faucet. It was just horrible. <laughs> just relentless. So finally, I'm like, fine. Just to get her off the phone. Fine. I'm going to pray. She's like, are you, are you being honest with me? I said, I promise. As soon as we hang up, I'm praying. She goes, you promise? I go, yes. She's like, you're a man of your word. I'm like, Yes. Okay, so we hang up, and here's my prayer. Lord, I know you don't want me at ORU. They don't have a football team. I'm finally free from my siblings. I'm here all alone, living my own life, doing my own thing. My brother's gone. My sister's gone. My little brother's back at home. But if you want me there, let me know. In Jesus' name, amen. But I know you don't want me there. Man. That but, if you want me there, let me know. I'm not going to go into it, but just, he started letting me know that wasn't where he wanted me. He started working on my heart, changing my heart. He started providing and opening doors. I think if I was honest, I, I knew that there was a chance God wanted me there but I was really enjoying living for me. But friends, there's times we, we don't maturely differentiate our will and God's will. So we're in this series, Hearing from God, and we're talking about that God speaks to his people. He does. If, if we're talking and we're listening, then we're going to hear from him. 
if, if we're growing in this love relationship with God, then, then him speaking to us is the natural overflow of a loving relationship. And not just a loving relationship. Let's put this into context. A loving, supernatural relationship with God. To which there's no other reference. No other precedent. Our God is amazing. Throughout scripture, when God speaks, he speaks because he wants to reveal something. So what does he want to reveal? When he speaks to us today, what does he want to reveal? So there's three things that I'm going to talk about today about what God wants to reveal. Number one, he wants to reveal himself. Number two, he wants to reveal his purposes. Number three, he wants to reveal his ways. You guys know what the difference is between God's purposes and his ways? His ways are the things he wants us to do to bring about his purposes, to accomplish his purposes. I love that when God is speaking to us, he's revealing himself. So when God's speaking to me, and there's times I'll ask God this question. I'm like, Lord, what are your thoughts towards me? Lord, I I just need to be reminded Lord, I'm feeling downbeaten today. Lord, I'm, I'm feeling discouraged. Lord, what are your thoughts towards me? And then I sit and listen. And he has what you, he has the most amazing responses. And his amazing responses, in sharing those with me, he's revealing himself. When he tells me, Mark, I love you. You're my boy. I'm proud of you. Keep doing it. Keep going. My strength is yours. Whatever his response to me is, he's revealing himself. He's revealing that I'm more than enough, says the Lord. He's revealing that my love is greater. He's revealing that my grace, the measure of grace you need in this moment, I want to give you more than that measure. When he's speaking things that that give me courage, what he's speaking is, I am your courageous God. And I'm giving you this part of me now and filling you with this part of me now. Courage. Be encouraged. He reveals himself, his purposes or his ways. And God's revelations are designed to bring us into a love relationship with him. I feel like we're on like week 15 or 16 of this series And I feel like this message of God wants to bring us into a a love relationship with him. Man, we've maybe said that every, every week. Because that is the basis of it. It is about relationship, not religion. It's about relationship. And not just a an acquaintanceship. Is that a word? Acquaintanceship? It works. It works. We're going with it but a loving, deep, personal relationship. So let's take a look at how God reveals himself to Abram. Genesis 17.1 says this, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. God revealed himself to Abram, not not yet renamed Abraham, but Abram. 
And God revealed himself to Abram by his name, Almighty. Almighty. What does Almighty mean? It means all-powerful, able to do anything. And this is his introduction to Abram. I am God, all-powerful, able to do anything. Why did God introduce himself to Abram in this way? Because Abram needed to know that God was almighty so that he could believe God for a son at even his old age. God reveals himself to increase faith in us that leads to action. God reveals himself himself to us so that faith can be built and stirred so that we are moved to action. Guys, when, when I shared just that bit of my story about selfish living, man, I didn't corner the market on selfish living, on self-centered living. It's something we all have to fight because as Kara said it, even during worship, we like our comforts. We like our preferences. We want to operate in our strengths, not in our weaknesses. Did you know that I was on a worship team for a brief moment? That is not my strength. I'm not really comfortable with it. I sing all right, but I'm not comfortable with it. Which is funny because when I stand up here, I'm as comfortable as can be. I really am. I love preaching. But like leading worship, and it was when we were, when we were at Heritage Christian Center, and they were having chapel one day, and I was... I was the uh, creative director doing graphic design at this mega church. And Pastor Annette walks by. She's like, Mark, come with me. We need you today. I'm like, awesome. What do you need me to bring the word? What do you, what do you need? Worship team. I'm like, who knew? She's like, come on. And Pastor Annette dragged me and, and, and then I did it. And I'm like, oh, thank God that's over. She's like, all right. Uh, we, we don't need your help for long, but we'll need your help again next week. And then the next week and the next week. And I think that was about it. It was just a short little stretch. Are we willing to be used by God? Do we have faith to be used by God in those areas that we're not comfortable with, but we know that in our service, others are going to be pointed to him? God reveals himself to increase faith that leads to action. We will need to listen eagerly and attentively to what God reveals to you about himself. We need convincing. And friends, you're going to need to be convinced and know whatever that unwavering trait of God that he reveals himself to you, you're going to need to know that. There's going to come a time when you're going to know that trait. Maybe it's that, that facet that he is healer. If God reveals that to you, I'm telling you there's going to come a time when he's going to want to heal something in your life and you're going to need to know that he's healer. If it's redeemer, there's going to come a time when you're going to question or you're going to need to be reminded that he has redeemed you from the curse of sin. He has redeemed you from a past 
and brought you into a future and, and adopted you into his family and into an inheritance with him. Do you guys see what I'm saying? You'll have to believe that he is who he says he is. You will have to believe that God can do what he says he can do and will do. Abram, I'm going you know, to give you a son. I'm going to make you the, the father of, of a multitude. Lord, I'm old. I'm really old. My wife's really old. We're old. But I am God Almighty. I am God who can do anything. Will you believe that? You will have to trust that God will demonstrate himself to be who he says he is and you will have to obey him. Because there will be that, that moment where he's asking you to step out in faith and, and to obey that, that instruction or that command that he gives. When you obey, God does his work through you that demonstrates that facet of his name that he gave you, that he showed you. See, when we obey and we experience God in this way, now it's no longer just head knowledge. It's experiential. And we are changed. And, and, and really, if we're honest, it's at that point that we really believe. We kind of believed before. Like it was like a kind of like a right here kind of belief, right? Like a, yeah, I believe. It's like a hopeful belief. I really want to believe. But when we experience his power because we obey his instruction, then we experience him and we're like, I believe. Oh my gosh, I believe. I really do. I believe. I feel like forgiveness is that way. Forgiveness is an act of faith. I remember the first time I was really hurt by, by somebody, and it was like a, a spiritual, like, it was someone in the church. It was like a spiritual father to me. And I remember going, Lord, I forgive so-and-so. I forgive him, Lord. But also it would be okay if you wanted to take his knees out. I'm flawed. Lord, I forgive him, but, Lord, I don't like him. And I, if I'm being honest, I really don't want you to bless him. But, Lord, I forgive him. As an act of faith, I forgive him. And then there's just this continuous act of faith. Lord, I forgive him. Lord, I forgive him. And those fleshly things, those wanting the Lord to take his knees out, those kind of fade away. And then it turns to, Lord, I actually, would you bless him? Lord, I, I, I was remembering how he, you used him and really brought life to me in this season. So, Lord, would you bless him? Lord, would you bless his marriage? Lord, would you bless his kids? Lord, would you bless his work? Lord, he's bringing people to you. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Lord, I, I forgive him. And I, Lord, I forgive him. For real, I forgive him. It, it started as an act of faith. But then I experienced something where I'm like, freedom. I'm like, no, 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 I forgive him. Lord, bless him in every way. Lord, bless him beyond his prayers and beyond his imaginations and beyond what he deserves. But God tells me and you that you have to forgive. In fact, he goes so far as to say, if you don't forgive others, then my Father in heaven won't forgive you. It's bold and scary. 
but it's a command. And if we do that, we'll experience God in such a way that there's freedom. When did Abraham know, Abram know that God was almighty? When did he truly know? When, when he and Sarah became pregnant and they had a son. At that point, Abraham, who was 100, and Sarah, who was 90, absolutely knew that he was God Almighty, God All-Powerful, God who can do anything. So number one, God speaks by the Holy Spirit to reveal himself. Number two, God speaks by the Holy Spirit to reveal his purposes. His purposes. If you're to join God in what he is doing or what he is about to do, you need to know what? You need to know what he's doing or what he's about to do. I loved a part of Andy's message that he preached a couple weeks back when he talked about open doors and closed doors. And, and friends, we use open doors and closed doors as a crutch. I'm looking for that open door. I'm looking for that closed door. Instead of what? Saying, no, Lord, I'm looking to you. I'm asking you, Lord, to speak to me because we got a relationship. So I'm not going to write something off as an open door or a closed door and just do a spiritual coin toss. Call it. Looks closed to me. Closed it is. We do that. Well, I've got peace about it. Weird, because God doesn't have peace about it because that's not what he wants. Weird. Hear me on this. This is going to be very direct. What, What you plan... What you plan for God to do is not important. What you plan for God to do is not important. What he plans to do where you are is of the utmost importance. What he plans. I said this before, you guys, and and, and I mean it. As a pastor, a lot of the frustrations I hear with people not hearing from God is they they say, I'm asking God, what's your plan for my life? And I'm not hearing anything. I'm like, oh, fair enough. That's good. You're asking the wrong question. Cut that part about for my life. Just cut that part out. The question you should be asking is, Lord, what's your plan? Period. Forget the part about what's your plan for my life. Lord, what's your plan? Lord, what are you up to right now? What are you doing right Lord, what are you doing or what are you about to do? Because if I know that, then I'll know that you want me to jump in because when he reveals something, he reveals it so we can jump in and follow him. To Gaia, you want to know God's, God's plan? Then ask him what his plan is. Not for your life. Just ask him what he's up to. Ask him what he's doing around you. Ask him to show you. And when he shows you, that is your green light or your open door. He's now spoken, so jump in. God speaks with a purpose in mind. 
and his purposes stand. Friends, we better find out what God's doing around us. Because that shows us what we're supposed to do. For example, I mean, this is just like the most basic. If you see somebody hurting, you're supposed to share God's love with them. Period. I don't care if you're a pastor or not. I don't care if you're a deacon or not. I don't care if you're a membership of a leadership team or not. I don't. Are you a follower of Christ? If God shows you someone hurting, then he is asking you to affect that situation with his love and his grace and his hope. And he's asking you to jump in. But I'm not comfortable with that. He knows. He knows. But I don't feel like I'm gifted in that. He knew, he knew you'd say that. But he's going to equip you for it the minute you turn and take that step. Then he's equipping you for it. Do I need to knock, 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 knock? Yeah, I don't got a joke, but you guys are awfully quiet. So I just, Proverbs 20, uh, 19.21 says this, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We see this pattern all throughout scripture, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, we see this pattern. When God is about to do something, he speaks it. He lets his prophets know. He shows what he's about to do so that his people can follow and be a part and so that his kingdom work can be done. And not just done, done through them. Not just his, his will being done, his kingdom coming, but us being used in the process because that's his plan. We're part of his plan. He's included you in his plan to reach others with his love, to advance his kingdom, to demonstrate his power and his grace. We're included in that. And the problem is we just we look for someone else to do it, someone that we think is more qualified or more worthy or more deserving or more spiritual, just someone other than us. Which is it? Is it God's will that we want or is it our will that we want? Well, Lord, this is, this is what I want to do for you and I've been planning. Lord, you should see my plans. You should see my notes. They're color-coded and everything. This is what I'm going to do for you. Oh, this is my dream. This is my dream to do this for you. You guys, is it our plan or is it God's plan? And maybe God's given you that dream and that vision and he's spoken and he's given you that glimpse and you're following out of obedience. But friends, if it is just our plan, it's a dead work. It'll never bring fulfillment. In fact, what it'll probably lead to is disappointment and anger towards God. Lord, I did all this for you and, and you didn't provide you didn't provide for me. I did this for you, Lord, and, and you didn't come through. You didn't provide the means for it. Friends, he's our reward. Christ alone is our reward. Are we looking for another reward than Jesus Christ? Him alone is our prize. So is it your plan or is it God's? Psalm 33, 10 through 11 says this, The Lord 
frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts. Everyone say thwarts. It's just a great word. Thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Do you see why it's so important that we need to know his plans? Your plans and purposes must be God's plans and purposes or you won't experience God working through you. God reveals his purposes so you will know what his plans are to do. What he's planning to do. And then you join him. And this is what we should desire. This is what we should desire for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done, for his purpose to be done. The Lord foils and thwarts the plans of the nations. Says a Another translation, that's pretty fantastic too. Foils and thwarts. Should be a sitcom or something. Planning. Planning is good. Planning may very well be a plan and a strategy and something the Lord has us do. We had a plan this morning. We're actually walking according to his plan this morning. The plan was to sing the songs that we sang and the plan was for me to preach the things that I have on the notes and so far it's pretty, we're pretty much going according to plan. Plans are good things as long as you know that the plan is the Lord's. As long as you know that the plan is the Lord's. When the worship team comes up with this song list, they do so out of prayer, out of being with the Lord saying, okay, after praying this is what I feel like the Lord's given me. And then somebody in the worship team might speak up and go, man, I've been, I've been worshiping to this all week long. Um, if there's room, what do you think about this song? And, and whoever put the list together might be like, oh my gosh, that is, that is spot on. This is where we're going to do this. Whoever's up here bringing the word is doing so because they have prayed and said, Lord, what do you want to say to your people this week? Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, Lord, I'll be used by you to do it. So planning is a good thing. But friends, our plans don't take precedence over the purpose of God. That alliteration was not intentional. That was a lot of peas. His purpose has to be what's first and foremost. God wants us to follow him daily, not just follow a plan. And we are creatures of habit, man. If we... If we had that plan, we're like, okay, this is great. So this is what I'm going to do, and this is what you're going to do, and this is what we're going to do, and this is when we're going to do it. Um, Lord, you're good on this one. We don't even need you on this one. We got this. We got a plan. Tell me I'm wrong. We are creatures of habits. We do that. We get so busy with the things that are in front of us that we sometimes forget to include the Lord and to ask him what his thoughts are. Lord, I know you don't want me there. They don't even have a football team. Right? Lord, I know you don't want me to forgive that person because what they did was unforgivable. Lord, I know you don't want me to, to give, to tithe, because, Lord, we barely have enough to make it as it is. You guys, we have to be consumed with wanting God to have his way. God reveals his ways. God reveals himself. 
God reveals his purposes and God reveals his ways. Even the uninformed reader of the Bible can see that man's ways and God's ways are almost always in stark contrast with one another. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God uses kingdom principles to bring about and establish kingdom purposes. And he reveals his ways to us because they are the only way to accomplish his purposes. He, his plan is us. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant his work was finished. His completed work of redemption and grace and salvation. His work was finished. And he, hey, Father. And he took a seat at the right hand of the Father. His work was finished. He didn't mean you. He didn't mean your work was finished. He didn't mean my work was finished. Our work is not finished. Because our work is obedience to a loving Father so the world can see that he's good. God reveals his ways so I can accomplish his purposes. And I know that sounds audacious. It's true. He doesn't have a plan B, guys. We're his plan A. And Jesus has the utmost confidence in us. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sat down and said, it's finished and taken that place of honor next to the Father. He would have said, no, they're not ready yet. They're kind of rusty. They're not very good. We're going to lose every game, Father. We're going to lose every game. Sometimes that's what we think, right? He wants to use somebody more polished. He wants to use somebody more seasoned. Guys, I I was saying this to to a new friend this morning. I still look at myself and I'm like, I'm a graphic designer who God called to pastor. And I said, yes, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. And I'm a really good graphic designer. That's what I was educated with. That's what my degree is in. That's what I was ready for. That's what I was pursuing. But when he spoke and said, hey, I've called you to this. And he spoke to Karen and said, I've called you to this. And we planted this church. We knew, we knew. And if, if that's his purpose then we knew we wanted to be a part of him getting his way. His way of accomplishing that purpose was us planting this church. God accomplishes his own goals and he uses us and he uses us in his own ways. He uses us in his own ways. And guys, he knows you so well. He knows your flaws. You ever heard of like someone who was like testifying 
and like, you know, like proclaiming Jesus and like witnessing about Jesus. And all of a sudden it turned into, well, F you then, you blah, blah, blah. I've seen it. It was somewhat, somewhat remarkable, somewhat enjoyable, if I'm just being honest. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy did that. Because it turned. It turned to this young Christian just being like fired up and saying, the Lord loves you and this and that and the other and just sharing about Jesus. And then he saw resistance and then he saw agitation and, and his flesh rose up. And he's like, okay then, we can do it this way too. And we're like, no, no, no. You're, you've done good so far. Let's come on. Good job. Let, let's, but let's walk away now. What, do we think that, God, that took God by surprise? Do we think that God using a flawed person and, and some, some hurt or insecurity or something that quite, hadn't quite been given to the Lord yet would pop out? Do you think that took God by surprise? No. Do you think that disqualified him from doing it again? No. He just needs a little bit of sharpening, a little bit of training, a little bit of instruction, a little bit of discipleship. And God's going to use him in bigger ways. I'm serious. God wants to use you and if... If you blow it, you're going to get a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance and just keep getting up. This is the visual I want you to, to have. There's a, there's a little one just learning to walk. And, and they stand up and they're wobbling. And, and you're like, come on, come to me, come to me. And they take a few steps and then they fall. Do we sit there and then say, you dummy! You're horrible at walking! You're horrible at it! Two steps? Three, st- three steps! How much more so if us being flawed would never do that does our Heavenly Father have grace and mercy for us? And he's like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. You took two steps. Get up. Get up. Come to me now. Come on. Come on. Another. Yes. And then we make it to him and he takes us in his arms. And he's like, yes. I'm so proud of you. Friends, we think that the Lord lacks grace for us when we fall. When he's like, oh, you can do it. You're so good at this. You're so good at walking. We just got to strengthen those muscles a little bit. But you're, you got it. That's the visual I want us to have of the patience and the grace and the love of our God. And we're probably not going to get it right at first. Man, I'm so glad that when we first planted the church that the messages weren't recorded. I'm so glad. Oh. I don't think I have the courage to go back and li- if they weren't, if they were recorded, I don't think I have the courage to go back and listen to them. They were probably that bad. They're pretty, they're pretty bad. But I stayed with it. I stayed with it and I ran to him and I got up. Friends, we got to just keep getting up and looking to him and running to him. Amen. God does not work in man's ways. We will not accomplish God's work in our own ways. That's one of the big problems of that sin problem we face. 
Isaiah 53 says this in verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Jesus was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Next word, all. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. God, God knows us and he's got grace for us. And, and he paid this price for us. Our ways usually seem good to us. I mean, usually. Our motives usually seem good to us. But what God is asking is for us in running to him to make sure that we're doing it according to his way, a kingdom kind of way. Not just in our own strength, not just in our own passion, not just in our own giftings, not just in our anything. That's the part that I want to get at here. It can't be about us. That can't be the primary thing. When he reveals himself to us, we see grace and mercy and love. We can't make it about us, even if it's us that I need grace and mercy and love. Because as long as our eyes are set on ourselves, you guys, we're never going to see his bigness and his fullness. But when he reveals himself, we're like, oh, oh my gosh, that's a love I've never experienced. That's a grace I've never seen and I've certainly never given. And, and you're offering that to me? You've given that to me? God's ways. God's ways. And his way is to use us to accomplish his purposes. So let me give you a really great example. Jesus is with his disciples. There are thousands. And he's like, ah, kingdom opportunity. Disciples, feed them. Make sure they're fed. They're hungry. They've been out here. They're tired. But we got to feed them. So here you go. You know what the disciples' answer was? Well, we're glad you finally saw the lights. Okay, guys, boys, tell them to start going home. That was their solution. That was their solution to feeding them. Yeah, tell them to go home because I don't got anything for them. We can't feed these thousands. So what was the kingdom answer? What was the kingdom purpose that God had? Here's what we have. Father in heaven, I give you thanks that you hear me. You always hear me. Here, just start multiplying. Hey, start handing this out. And they were all fed and there were baskets left over when they were all stuffed. It's pretty daunting. I, I don't know that I would pass the test if we were in that situation, if I was one of the disciples at that time. That's daunting. Feed them, Mark. Are you kidding me? Fisherman friend, anybody? Can I bring it up so small? Kingdom purposes and kingdom ways. It should thrill us and terrify us that God's plan is to use us to accomplish his ways. It should thrill us and terrify us.
because it's big. It's bigger than us. But, but when we see that he's got a kingdom way that's empowered by his Holy Spirit and it's not our, on our own strength, then we should be at peace. There was a hungry, watching world in that multitude and God displayed his love, himself, his nature, his power to them and they were changed forever. And the story that's told, the, the accounting of this that we have, we read it again and again and we get inspired and we are changed forever. And then our faith gets expanded because we caught a glimpse of who God is. He's revealed himself. And so we've been boosted with faith. And now we're this much closer to action, which is what he wants for us to walk with him, to trust him, to don't, don't wait until you're like fully qualified or whatever that means to you, but to, to see where he's at work and to say, Lord, use me. The disciples had to function according to kingdom principles to do kingdom work. Friends, do you want to do kingdom work? Then you got to walk according to kingdom principles. So do I. God's revelations are designed by him to bring us into a loving relationship with him. God reveals himself to us to increase our faith in him. God reveals his purposes so that we will do his work. And God reveals his ways so that we can accomplish his purposes. And the beautiful thing is we don't have to guess because God speaks. We don't have to do the spiritual flip of the coin and try and figure out if we know if this is an open door or a closed door because all we got to do is ask and listen and have faith and respond. Yes, you. I guess my last words, yes, you. Me for sure, absolutely. Yes, you for sure, absolutely. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you that we are redeemed. Lord, we thank you that we know these things in looking and seeing you because you've revealed yourself to us. You're so good. You're so good. Holy Spirit, I just ask that that visual of that, that toddler learning to walk, that that would stick in our minds. You've got so much grace for us. And when we fall, you're not there to tear us down. You're there with open arms and, and eyes that are just beckoning us to come to you, saying, come on, you can do it. I'm so proud of you. I'm right here. Lord, I pray that for each person in this room that has disqualified themselves because they don't feel deserving or worthy or qualified, Lord, we ask for you to just reveal yourself to them so they see you and not any deficit. Friends, just take a minute and just respond to the Lord. Sometimes we get so busy after the service is over, we, we don't really respond. 
I don't know what the Lord's speaking to you, and I don't know what he's stirring, but we're just going to pause for a second so you can listen and, and respond. give us eyes to see to see you Holy Spirit we we acknowledge that we can't discover anything without you revealing it to us first so we say reveal to us all the goodness of God reveal to us your kingdom purposes oh God reveal to us your kingdom ways and empower us with courage and faith and urgency so that we step and are used of you in your ways to accomplish your purposes because we know who you are. Um, with all eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus, I would love that make, to make that introduction to you. And if in your heart right now you're just, you know that this is your moment to trust your life in Christ, then, then I want to bear witness to that moment and say, yes, this is, this is God at work in your life. If there's anybody that wants to trust their life in Christ that haven't, hasn't done so, with all eyes closed, can you just open your eyes, raise your hand, lock eyes with me? Is there anybody? All right. Is there anyone else? Mm. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Uh, Lord, we thank you that uh, we can't come to you unless it's first the Holy Spirit who draws us to you, to your grace, to your goodness, to your kindness. So, Lord, we give you thanks today. And, Lord Jesus, we declare you are the only means by which we can be saved. So we place our trust in you. And we give you everything. We give you every good thing, every bad thing. We give you the past, but Lord, we also give you the future. In giving you all, we give you all. And then with vulnerability, we say we need your help because that's kind of scary to us. We need your help in, in walking out today and tomorrow. But we believe that that's exactly what you're going to do. Lord, we give our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, God is so good, friends. God is so good. Let's, let's have those eyes to see and let's be quick to jump and be used by the Lord. And let's come back and encourage one another and share with one another that God used us and how he used us. Amen. 
Um, I'll leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day, my friends.